The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, December 26th, 2022, season 18, episode number 96. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We're coming off a big win. Cowboys win 40-34. to They stay in contention for the NFC East title. Uh, lots of things to talk about there because uh, Philadelphia looks like they may have lost their uh, their right tackle. Uh, they're, they're one of their cornerbacks is now out. Don't know if the quarterback's going to play. There's a lot of things going on with Philadelphia, so Cowboys still in it. We'll see how this thing goes over the last two weeks. And I just read this morning that Tennessee, actually their game, all their final game of the season really is what counts for them. This game might not matter at all for them. Again, lots of things to think about. We'll get into some of that other stuff later, but today we're going to focus on the game and uh, rehash what happened on sun, on Saturday afternoon. Let's start with the stories of the game. Nick, what did you think was the big overall storyline coming out of this game? Dak. I thought Dak uh, Prescott showed the mental toughness that he always preaches and that 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 you want your quarterback to have. He threw another interception, <laughs> and it's 10 to nothing before anyone's even settled down. And he comes back, gets booed, comes back, and has a great finish to that game. And he just basically willed the offense to to scoring that many points. And so, you know, I mean, he, he's got his flaws, but but the stuff you love about Dak was on display there after that pick. Amber. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different guys that stood out in that game in general, but I think that Dak absolutely takes the win overall because of that. I mean, as soon as that interception happened, and that one was absolutely all on him. There's no discussion <laughs> yeah, about right. it. It's not like, oh, it was somebody. Yeah. No, this was all Dak. Yeah. But the fact that he has that mental toughness and to keep, like, stay focused and come back and play the way that he did, I think it shows the reason why he's here and why so many other people back him up. And he was able to finish that game. And that game, I mean... The defense got a lot of takeaways later on, but I think the way that, that the offense was able to carry the game was was really good. And this is a part of the year right now where it seems that the offense is going to have to keep stepping up their game to kind of be able to win games with kind of some of the defensive struggles that they've had so far. It's a resilient football team. It, very resilient. And they uh, they got down a couple different times look kind of bad even the final drive of the game was just you know you're holding on to everything you got and uh, you know they were able to take advantage as you mentioned Derek of the right tackle Lane Johnson being out they put our guy Nick Driscoll in there Mm -hmm. and Driscoll like Fowler says not today not on fourth down you're not going to block me today and so now he's back in Gardner Minshew's lap and he's you know basically making him throw the ball away but the way this team is able to create turnovers the way they're able to keep playing 
They keep shuffling guys in and out of the lineup. They're trying to figure out if McKenzie Alexander's any good. You know, it's not his fault. Oh, wait, the ball goes inside. Just catch. Okay, get right on the field. We're going to shift Bland back into the inside. I mean, they are doing everything in their power. They're taking a guy they've had for, what, 10 days and throwing him out there at receiver on third and 30 and saying, listen, bro, <laughs> you go down there as fast as you can. You're going to have to probably beat an all-pro corner to get there. And by the way, the safety's going to turn the wrong way. So just keep running as fast as you can until he turns back around. And then the ball's down the field. You guys were talking about Dak. You're absolutely right about that. That's It's just a very resilient football team uh, to win that game the other day. It's interesting. They've been talking about resilience as kind of the theme uh, throughout the season. It goes back to training camp when the coach had been talking to them about this term and saying this over and over. And literally week one, they lose their quarterback. And so when you look at this team and what they've been able to do this year, I think resilient is about the best way you can put it. Uh, for them. Let's talk about a couple moments because I do think, Brian, you mentioned that that last drive, but I think there were the two final drives that the Cowboys had where, in my opinion, boy, they made some really questionable decisions and <laughs> some of those decisions could have cost them. But I wanted to get your opinions. Let's start first. It was following the interception by Deron Bland. Uh, roughly 3.06 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, game's tied 34-34. First and 10 to Philadelphia 34. It's an incomplete pass. They decide to throw the ball. Second and 10, uh, they get a five-yard pass to Brown. So it gets third and five at the Philadelphia 29 with 228 left in the game. Again, they opt to pass. Incompletion, they end up having to kick a 48-yard field goal. They do take the lead 37-34, but they leave 224 on the clock. Nick, and you and I were talking about it in the press box. What were your thoughts in that moment? Because going back to last week, the coach said we were trying to be aggressive. We wanted to go ahead and win the game. Seems like that was the same mantra this week. What do you think? I don't. I don't agree with it. I think that you got to either uh, burn some timeouts for for the Eagles or get it to the two minute warning or both. And and I think that the 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 next drive showed you just that they have abilities to run the football without running it right up the middle. Either it's Dak. It could be Tony Pollard on the outside. It could be different things, but do something that that you can still run, be somewhat aggressive, but at the same time, you're forcing the Eagles to make a decision. Yeah, he's, I mean, four-minute football is not great for this team at times, especially the last two weeks, and I think he got away with one this week. I... To me, it, again, it's about the condition of your team. It's about the condition of your defense. It's like I, I even Gardner Minshew, they're, they're really not without Jalen Hurts. You can kind of see they're a different running team. They, it, it's, it was three yards of carry without Jalen Hurts. I mean, Dallas is – so now it turns into all this playing pass defense. You're trying to figure out the secondary. They've got guys at Smith making leaping catches, uh, mm-hmm. over-the-head catches, Dallas Goddard. I mean – you just don't want to put your defense back through that. And so, I mean, the la- that that drive and the last 207 of the game, you know, where Dak runs out of yeah, bounds and you're like, God, why? <laughs> and you know, they still got timeouts and there's still time left. And I got to the point where we were talking about myself and Zach Wolchuk. Do you go for it on fourth down and just try and kill it here? You just try and get the call your maybe your best two point play and try and score a touchdown here and end the game, but kicking the field goal was you know it it was the right thing considering how fast Philadelphia moved down the field mm-hmm. you know so that those are the things that give you that that pause of man you got game in hand you've got the turnovers and now you're putting your team back in harm's way I that. 
Uh, that was tough. I think they got really fortunate the way that game ended there. What's confusing to me is, I mean, we know the team. They know the team. We don't, we don't know them as well as they do, but we, we got a pretty good hand of the team. And to me, when we're watching the game, any game, and it comes down to like a questionable decision, it seems clear to us as we're watching it, oh, they should have done this or they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I, like, why do they not have this, like, why do they not see the game as we see them, see it as, as well, you know? Yeah, well, I'm, to me, I think it's, Coach talked about it last week, and it is completely different lenses, and yeah. by the way, one's not necessarily right over the other, it's right. just how you prefer it. He, I think, is opting to say we're going to be aggressive and and we're going to say that even if it doesn't work out our way, we're going for the win. And by the way, there, sometimes the analytics tells you be aggressive. I don't know that I agree with that in this situation. I didn't agree with it last week either. But but at the end of the day, it worked out for him this week, yeah. right? Well, he told you all you needed to know. He went for it on fourth and seven. You know, and and you're fortunate that T.Y. Hilton draws a, a passing yeah, or a defensive yeah. holding penalty mm-hmm. there because that's one of those things you're kind of like in a game like this, just punt it, punt it, and and see if see if you can hold him, see if you can get a stop. But him staying aggressive and all that, I mean, it's it. I really thought he was going to go for it on fourth down. I really thought I'm like, man, he he's. Calls it no moss. I thought he was in that no moss moment where it's like call play. Let's see if we can if we pin him, we pin him, and we'll see if we can play. But that man, that's a that's a rough that's a rough rough way to operate right there for sure. Ironically, Nick, you were kind of having that same kind of back and forth. Should they go for yeah. it here? Because you were thinking the same thing. What were your thoughts? Well, I was trying to you know do math, which is never a good thing. But I was <laughs> like, you know, you. You, you you kick a field goal and you put them to the twenty five and they've got to score seventy they got to go seventy five yards to beat you. Uh, if you go for it, you could put them away, and if not, you put them at the one. Yeah. So now one or two. So now you've got to go sixty five yards yeah. for them to get a field goal. You know, yeah. and and they're pinned back, and their play calling is not going to be the same play calling. It just can't. I mean, especially when you right tackle the right way tackles, he is. I mean, that, that's yeah. a safety if you if you hold in the end zone. So it's going to be quick, quick, quick. And I think that it'll take them a little longer to get there. So yeah, I was I was thinking maybe just just try to put well, it put it away. If you if you would have pin, if you think about pinning them if they have no timeouts. Yeah, but right. That's but that's the did, thing. Burnt, that that that's all those, yeah. when I was going through it in my mind, and I I try and play these games like, okay, how would you know, like uh, to me the best that ever was was the Bill Parcells. Parcells had a guy named Ray Hanley that was responsible, you know, in the Giants days, the Super Bowl days, where he. Ray, Ray, click over. Ray, how many do I need? How many first down? I need, you need one, coach. You need one first down, and you can carry it. You know, and so you're talking through all this stuff. But when they have timeouts left, I'm thinking like, man, you probably have to kick the field goal here because you can't, you can't just, you know, you, you can't just. If you made them burn them all, then you pin them. Now you're. It's a little bit different. They've got. They can't throw the ball to the middle of the field. The stuff's going up the sidelines and things like that. So um, that's that's part of not getting all those timeouts off the board. Yeah, and you look at that that you that that following yeah. uh, drive there where uh, it was after the fumble recovery. So they've yeah. gotten the field goal. They've taken the lead. Two oh seven. They get a fumble. Left, yeah. yeah, they get a fumble. Two oh sevens left. They got a three point lead, and then on first and nineteen. Great run by Dak. Yeah. Dak runs out of bounds. Yeah. Gives them the timeout, basically, basically right. stopping the clock there. Right. And then you get to a situation where it's first and goal. 
and Dallas opts to throw instead of run. Yeah. They get a negative nine yards on a sack. sack. And and it just kind of, to me, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, that's first and goal at the five. Why are you not running the ball? Yeah. I mean, do you guys think that well, in some of these instances, maybe they're just not? I'm okay with throwing it because it's one second to go. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's incomplete because it's, it's close there warning. to the two minute warning. But but don't take a nine yard sack. Yeah. I mean, I felt like Dak was get was thinking about last week and being like, oh, I should have taken a sack or whatever. Yeah. No, just throw it. Don't give nine yards because they they probably score a touchdown if yeah. second down or third down, maybe fourth yeah. down at that point. Yeah, it was hard to get back through there. So I think he just had a mental lapse there. Those two plays. Two plays. Yeah, that's also my my thought though. I, I agree with you. It didn't matter to throw or pass in that instance. But the way I look at it is. Your running game with Zeke Elliott, yeah. you can pick up those short yards. If even if even if on that run he picks up two, and now you're second and goal at the three, I think at that point I'm just continuing to pound the ball. Yeah. I already have a three point lead. Yeah. My goal at that point is to take all the timeouts and to bleed the clock as much as yeah. I can. And if I got to kick a field goal, great. But I'm going to leave them in as worse a position as possible. Right. You know. Yeah. They they uh, these officials though with Alex Alex Kemp and I I don't want to make it, but the whole game you know they let them play. Oh yeah. They really let them play because on the third and seven call with minute fifty. Dalton Schultz gets called. They, they they hold him. They tackle him in the end zone, and they don't call it. So you're thinking, like, you know, they're probably looking at They're going to watch the tape and see that. And they're going to go, well, okay, that's par for the course. But Parsons got held. You know, Tyron Smith was holding in the game. It, it was They were letting him play. That was letting him play. And so if you're thinking you're going to get a call on third and seven in the end zone that could have maybe give you the first down and killed that game, no, these officials were going to let the players decide it. Let's go ahead and – oh, real quick before we go to break, though, I did want to ask just a bigger picture question about game management. Are you concerned? These last yes. two games, there have been some yeah. some bad decisions. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say that. There have been some different decisions than what we would have made. Right. That being said, how concerned are you about it? Oh, I'm concerned just because – but I'm a media guy. I was once involved with – I've never was a coach. I mean, I was a coach in college, but not in the NFL level. But I've been around enough games to where I know how you're supposed to, like, keep clock moving. It, the clock can be your ally in this way. And, you know, if you can make them burn timeouts and put them in a different situation, then you can maybe dictate the game in your direction. I, I, I'm absolutely concerned because I've seen it back-to-back weeks – one week they got away with it, the other week they didn't get away with it. And I think that's the thing that you you know, these games they they play they play the games like this. These games, these playoff games are gonna be we saw basically Tampa last night mm-hmm. in their situation and how they needed the clock and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'm 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 a little bit concerned. I understand their their mentality, but it does scare me because they haven't shown consistency in it and when it comes it's just you're cutting it close now we're about to end the season and that's it when you get to the playoffs that it's going to come down to that and it scares me that it comes out to a moment like that the the last few minutes of a game and they tend to play games are pretty close so you know those are crucial moments there and some of those decisions that seem clear to us while we're watching it but I get their aggressiveness. I just, it does scare me. And I hope, I don't know. Because then if they're too conservative too, then you criticize that as mm-hmm. well. So it's just like, it's not a win-win situation here. So it's just either way you're going to get criticized. So I, I'd rather them be aggressive. But I don't know. It's just it's, Well, it's one week they're aggressive and the next week they're not. 
That's kind of and it's funny. You know, I mean, they went the third and ten. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I'm surprised he didn't go for it on fourth down. I think the only reason he didn't go for it on fourth down because they had that timeout left. Mm-hmm. But you could have gotten rid of that by the way you sequenced your plays. You could have you could have made them burn their timeout. I think out. there's a way to be aggressive, but also be a little smarter about it. Nick, no, I'm not really concerned. I think they're you know they've. I think a lot of times we look at clock management when it's when it's bad. I think there's a lot of times that just when it goes, you know, like in Houston game, you go down, you go down, you score 25 seconds to go, whatever. Like, you know, I think a lot of times it's pretty good. Uh, I'm not too worried about it, but yeah, like Amber said, it, it, it is a balance of being like, I want to be aggressive. When do I pull back? When and and it's not the easiest thing in the world to have a mentality that that does kind of go back and forth. So. I mean, these games are going to be close. We know it. So the playoff game, yeah. it's going to come down to the end. It's yeah. going, and if it's in Tampa Bay, it's definitely going to come down to the <laughs> no end. No doubt about yeah. it. And yeah. so that's just you, – you better not leave. And, and I think you have to be super aggressive there because if you don't, if you just give them chances, then well, you're not going to win. Yeah, yeah, when you're playing that kind of team, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. To your point, though, is if you're Mike McCarthy and you lose that game to Tom Brady, say – in the la- and you're like, your argument is, or if the media asks, well, why did you do this? We're playing against Tom Brady. Right. History will tell you that man is going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. 50% of his career has been played in Super Bowls. So think about that. Yep. Okay. Let's not act like that, uh, you know, that <laughs> we're crazy. playing like, you know, you're, you're playing uh, somebody different, you know. But anyway, yeah, you, you can get away. You have to coach games differently against. Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. You have to coach game. You have to play outside the box because your argument is like, hey, look who we're playing against. Mm-hmm. You think do you think I want to give them any any time? No, I'm, I'm not. So you rooting for the Packers? Yes, I am too. Yeah, get I, in. I would love I would love for there to be teams below us in the seating who are good teams or teams that can knock. Bigger yeah. teams off. I mean, like I, yes, I, I Aaron Rodgers could go to yeah, Minnesota or love San that. Francisco and beat somebody. Well, yeah. the the thing about it is, though, to to me, I think the Commanders are that I mean, team. I the agree. Commanders. I th- what's happening? But with their quarterback situation now, if they, Wentz is going to be their they guy, got, they got worked. They got worked in that Giants game on a call. They and, did. And San Francisco, nobody wants to play. You know that situation. You were good. You get the win against the Giants. Put yourself in what the position the Giants are in right now. Yeah. You know they lost last week. So that, you know if you're the if you're the Commanders, you're got the eight wins. You're probably going to go lose to San Francisco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to lose. They just did. Yeah. But but that's the thing about it is now to me the Commanders are the team that could beat Philadelphia. They did it. They went to Philadelphia and won a game. So I'm thinking beat Minnesota. Go go be the lower seed. Go win the game at at Philadelphia. I think that That's makes a ton of sense thinking. if Wentz isn't the quarterback. But it looks like they're going back to Wentz. I don't think they, they stick, are. You don't think they're going to stay I don't with think, him? I don't think they're going back to Wentz. Did they, well, they, they went start, back to him in this last game. I know, but and, and but, I, it but made it, they made it seem like, or at least what I've been Rivera reading, was like very like I don't don't read this. Like he yeah, was kind of like if they go back to him, I th- I have no. Nah, they won't. They won't go back to Wentz. They stick with. They won't go back to Wentz. They absolutely will not. This other guys are better. He's yeah. a better quarterback. For whatever reason, he they they've been responding. Like the he's team better for that yeah. team. Yeah. But but you're right. The way the Packers, the thing about Packers, I don't trust them on defense. Yeah. And even yeah. though they played well against Miami yesterday, well, Miami was just it's two Miami just two was just what was he doing him. yesterday? Yeah. I don't know what that was about there in that last two were throwing to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take the final break. I mean, uh, the second first break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about the offense, dive into uh, the running game, and talk a little bit about T.Y. Hilton. He, 
provided something for this team that maybe they haven't had to this point. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. It's only right that the best fans in the whole world go out, out of this world gear. Visit the local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop. <laughs> log on to DallasCowboys.com, a fanatics experience. Grab Cowboys Nation-worthy hoodies, tees, accessories, and more. There you go. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk about the offense, the running game in particular. Yesterday, I mean, I'm sorry, Saturday, Zeke Elliott uh, ran 16 times for 55 yards, a 3.4 average and a touchdown. Tony Pollard had nine carries for 19 yards, 2.1 average. After the game, when we were talking to Zeke, he made mention of the fact that the running game just wasn't there on Saturday. Dak had 41. He did, and I didn't bring that up specifically because that's a whole different conversation for me. A good thing about the running game. I'm okay. I'm. I, how do you guys feel about what happened with the running backs and what what was the issue? Was it a situation where literally it was just Philadelphia was just stopping them or these, the offensive line just couldn't get these get These tackles and linebackers and ends, if you don't hold blocks with these guys, they will make every single tackle. They, there will be times when they were getting pushed and guys are falling off, and then, you know, it, it's like a chance to cut the ball. And then I, I, this this was not one of the better games for uh, Connor McGovern. It just wasn't. I mean, it. And but he wasn't alone. Tyron Smith, Martin, they all had those one or two plays where it's blocking, 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 and then you just these guys are so powerful on the other side. 
that they get off their block and then they make a tackle for a gain of two or a gain of three. So a lot of lack of sustain in this game. And they couldn't get guys up sometimes on the linebackers, which really was a problem. That's why that their, uh, their linebacker, uh, Edwards, had so many tackles in this game. I think he had 14 of That's... them. Where he just they could not get a guy to him quick enough. This is why they're thirteen and two. I mean, like yeah. they're really good because yeah. they always have an athletic, healthy, fresh defensive lineman out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, there's not just four guys that play there for yeah. them. It's seven, eight guys. Yeah. It's a really good rotation that doesn't ever seem to drop off. I mean, you throw in, you know, some really talented Pro Bowl type guys that are backing up. So yeah, that they've they've stacked their their D line well. You know, I think I have a, uh, a problem with the Cowboys struggling in the running game, per se, because it showed me that they can get it done with the passing game. And sometimes I feel that when they struggle in the running game, they tend to play bad. Like, when they don't have that kind of balance, they struggle on offense. So the fact that they came out with, what was it, 40 points total, that that makes me very happy to see that they can keep it going and make it work with just relying mainly on the passing game and Dak Prescott. I'm glad they kept trying. I, I was yeah. I wasn't against it, and like you say, if the, the big difference in this game too was, you know, when you watch the Eagles play, Jalen Hurts gets 50, 60, 80, 100 yards running, and then all of a sudden it supplements what they're doing in the running game. Well, running game looks terrible with your running backs, but then your quarterback is escaping. Yeah. He's scrambling. He's getting eleven yards. He's getting ten. You know, he's getting yardage. You know, on the on the the final drive, he's getting yardage on that play. You know, I'm fine with that. You know, it, just keep after it. Just don't complete. I think there was an administration before that might have just abandoned this mm-hmm. thing and said, "Okay, we got to throw it every down now." And then you might have been fine. But you also might have been in a situation where your quarterback's getting hit like he did and the ball's flying up in the air, and luckily Biotish just rips it out of the guy's hands on the ground so you don't have a turnover play at midfield. That's yeah. the play of the game. Yeah. You don't get that, you do not win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I mean, literally Tyron Smith, I mean, they both tackles get beat and the ball's flying in the air, and you're like going, This is not good. And Tyler Biotish on the ground just rips it out of the guy's hands. But you keep putting Dak back there passing against this this uh, defensive line. I would rather just keep trying to run two, three, four yards a shot. That fourth and one play was really creative too. But uh, but what they did with the you know putting the the putting the uh, tight, end. tight end right there like they were going to run it off tackle or run it inside because you get collapse and then all of a sudden now you got four guys blocking two mm-hmm. and now the ball's out the sideline. Yeah. So it's creative ways of running the football when you have to and it's not going well. Yeah, I really like that play because a lot of times they bring these tight ends they're like, "All right, Jumbo, yeah. you know, yeah. our beef against your mm-hmm. and it's not it's not good enough." But those tight ends, McEwen, Hendershot, Ferguson, mm-hmm. they're leaping over into the kettles. I yeah. mean, they they they're athletic. They yeah. can move like that and yeah. that is a good play for them because they got them on the move. Yeah, yeah. that touchdown with Zeke. How they blocked. Oh, that oh, yeah. was freaking just, beautiful. The yeah. way, that was so clean. They mowed over so the Eagles. Clean. Yeah. They yeah. opened yeah. that hole perfectly yeah. for yeah. Zeke. So and, th- and those were those yeah. two was that his only play? The job there. Jason Peters? Yes. His only play of the game. Yeah. Comes yeah. in. And they could have got him for illegal motion. Oh, what did he, he do? <laughs> he was he was kind of kind of leaned a little bit. He was kind of got down in a four point stance and he lost his balance. Oh, <laughs> and he went forward as the ball was basically Aww. being snapped. Oh gosh, Billy Bob did that in Varsity Blues. <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah he just rolled. Yeah, that in. could be a problem. He had a concussion, so yeah. that was it. A little so, different. A little different. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about T. Y. Hilton. 
52 yard reception on third and 30. Everything about that is just drew a, ridiculous. Drew right? a defensive holding on uh, fourth and seven too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I will say this, and I I looked at the game. I w- went back and watched that play after the game because there was a lot of talk from the Eagles fans yeah. about that play. And uh, Darius Slay even said something about it, basically saying, "If you don't know football, don't don't comment." What's he he blamed about? Joseph. Basically, what he was saying was that. Safety. Basically, what he was saying Joseph is Joseph Scott. He was yeah. in he was in zone coverage, yeah. and it looked like he did have zone coverage there, and yeah. didn't necessarily. It wasn't a cover yeah. four. It looked like it was kind of cover two, yeah. And he just kind of was gonna you know be there a little closer in, and then the safety was supposed to get over. Yeah. If that's the case, it was just a great play. I mean, just a great call because in cover two, that is a, a, a part in the zone where you can actually, if you can hit them before that safety can get over there, you can get a big play on the outside. I don't know if Darius Slay was necessarily the culprit. Either way, great play for the Dallas Cowboys. Big play. And to me, and the question for you guys is, is that what T.Y. Hilton can do for you on a consistent basis that adds something this offense doesn't really have? What if I told you guys on that play, your wide receivers were Gallup, Turpin, mm. Hilton, Schultz, and and then uh, Zeke. No, no, no Lamb on the field mm-hmm. at that play. Okay, no, that was that was the, okay. You, <laughs> so you're trying to get it. I mean, yeah. you're, you're by putting Hilton and Turpin on the field. You're trying to get. Sometimes you get them, the. Yeah. Sometimes it's the check down Charlie. It's a seven yards and you punt. Yeah. That particular play, and it was a really good pickup too by Zeke, you know, being in there and helping pick up. But it, yeah, the, uh, the the inside, the safety to the inside was Scott number thirty three, and he initially looks like he's good, like he's going to help, and then he flips the other way, and he was completely lost. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where he, he tries to adjust by him looking the other way. It got Hilton far enough down the field to where he couldn't come over and make the play. So sometimes Slay Slay was blaming Scott. I'll, yeah, I'll give you the name. Yeah. He's blaming he the guy. Was. He was blaming he was the like, guy. It ain't me. Into, hey, if you know football, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, wasn't me. He was the original Shaggy. It wasn't me. You know. But, <laughs> so that, that's 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 sometimes you have to catch breaks. You know, third and thirty. I mean, two percent chance. It was a, a better percent chance of throwing an interception there. Yeah. Than there is completing well, that ball. What well, and it's a better. It, it's a really bad percentage to say, "Hey, go catch this ball fifty-two yards down the field and don't use your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Just catch it right off your wrist." Yeah. Um, I know, and I get this every game, every time Dak throws a deep ball. I get this because I have made the statement that I don't believe Dak is a great deep ball thrower. That might have been his best deep throw he's ever had. I mean, he chunked that thing. I almost right said on, something yeah. bad. He he really did. He threw it. And, <laughs> I mean, he was like, I'm throwing this as far as I can and as hard as I can. And that's, that's what makes that catch even more impressive because he, he stood well, in there and chunked to it. To your but, point, he, he kept him in balance, too. We've seen Dak make long sideline throws where the guys, sure. it's too wide. It's too near, you know. So And let's also be clear about this. I think for a when you have a guy like T.Y. Hilton, it makes the deep ball throw an easier throw for the quarterback because it's like Randy Moss. It's those kind of receivers where basically the receiver's like, just chunk it. Yeah. I'll go get it. And yeah. T.Y. talked about it after the game. Yeah. He was like, he just threw it out there to me. Yeah. Like, and then I got to go get it. And yeah. so when you got a guy that has that kind of crazy speed, yeah. he can go get it. And so it makes it look like it's a great throw when really the quarterback just has to literally back up, take your drop, well, and just sling it and let the receiver run. I guarantee you that's the only deep ball – that Dak has thrown to T.Y. Hilton since he's been here. You think in practice they ever aired one out like that? 
I, that, you know, to me, that doesn't seem like one of those that you would like, okay, just run as fast as you can and we're going to throw it yeah. down there. Well, the players had said in practice that, yeah, he's he's definitely showed he still had the speed. I don't know yeah. if he was throwing it to yeah. him. But okay. He, but he, yeah. somehow he showed the players Maybe I just speed. The players are like, yeah, we got something here. Yeah. But I don't know if it was Dak throwing it to him. Yeah. I just wonder about that sometimes. But, you know, it, it's crazy that you – but they set the play up. They put personnel on the field that could all run. Yeah, and so I, I love Turpin in the slot like that because then that's that's what you you can yep. blame the safety all you want to, but that guy knows number nine's coming up. He's got to pay attention yeah. to him yep. a little bit. So yeah. that even if it's just a second late getting over, it's because you put Turpin in the slot. That's and what we, I love about that. And you start thinking about what you can do with stuff like that when you got you know the guy on the outside, it's Ty, mm-hmm. and he's going on a nine route, mm-hmm. and then you 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 run basically a post route with the with guy Turpin. in the slot with Turpin. Yeah. And let's assume for a second you put CD on the field and you got him over on the other side of the field. What what are you going to do, defense? Like because mm-hmm. somebody's going to get open here, and and you can make some you can get some big hits on some plays like that. I think that's where T. Y. Hilton adds a new dimension to this offense that we really haven't been able to see to this point. Yeah, it was like Beckham. Who? Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm still salty about the whole situation. Um, but no, that's exactly <laughs> what the Cowboys were missing, and yeah. they got it. And it's impressive. Now he set the bar very, very high, and I expect nothing less than catches like those. So keep it up, and it's exciting to have a guy like him with the speed that he has because that is the one number, like Nick mentioned, that is the one thing that all of these guys have commented about him is how fast this guy is. And the fact that he showed the ability that he still has without playing all year, basically, Right? Yeah. He's been out yeah. recovering. So that just shows, imagine him getting a few more weeks of work in. I bet he's a lot better once the playoffs get here. And he's going to be making those plays that the Cowboys were lacking. I think you have to use him stuff in the underneath, too. I think he's so capable of making those plays, third and four, third and five. You get in those kind of those, uh, what are we going to call, run pass kind of things, and you play action it, and you hit him out of a bunch formation. Someone's trying to chase him. Uh, he's 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 really good at those kinds of plays as well. And the thing about that is that 52-yard pass that's gonna defenses will be watching that, yeah. and they're thinking I'm playing off, like I'm not necessarily going up tight. So that's gonna create those openings yeah. for some of those underneath throws. So yeah, he's gonna. I think he adds a new dimension to your offense and gives you just one more playmaker that you get the ball in his hand in space. He can do something with it. Uh, it's always funny because Broadus was like, "Hey, you know who's gonna make a play on third and four for you?" And I was just like, "Well, third and 30, you know who's gonna do it? Yeah. Third and 30. I mean, yeah. I sit next to Todd Archer." From the ESPN, and he he charts every play, and the guy had announced third and thirty, and he goes, the Cowboys are seven of fifteen on third downs, and he goes, I'm just going to write seven and sixteen right now because they're not they're not getting this, and it's yeah. usually check down Charlie, like yeah. you said, Schultz yeah. for eight, yeah, yeah. you know, no, or a off draw. topic. I mean, not completely off topic, but I kind of feel bad for James Washington. I mean, why? He, yeah. Poor guy. What do you mean? Why? I mean, I, I mean because it's it's the, the crazy part is. Well, I shouldn't say the crazy part. We all know the NFL no, no, no. Is it is a, what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. But I'm saying I feel I feel bad because he's been since training camp. Well, out of sight, with something. But out, out of sight, out of mind, though. Yeah, yeah. They got to the point where they were even thinking about if he was available. Maybe they don't talk about going to get T. Y. Hilton, or maybe they don't talk about Odell Beckham. 
but they kind of realized that, man, we need something here. And, you know, it's, it's really out of sight, out of mind. I mean, you know, when he, when it, it's unfortunate he breaks his foot. Yeah. And, they, and they were to the point where, well, he's ready, he's ready, but they were not interested. I mean, they were thinking something completely different from him. Well, that's the thing yeah. is like they've held on to him this long. He's, he's been healthy for a while. And then they used him two weeks ago. What Was it for like one play? Yeah, he's, only, something like he's that? only played. I'm just saying, I'm, listen, I've, I've, I haven't – he's not my type of receiver. Hmm. But the thing is, it, it's just – I do feel bad in the way that – and it's the business, well, whatever. Well, you wonder but now if he's the 53rd player. Yeah. yeah. If they if they have to go – if they have to elevate somebody or they have to go in a position. Now with Hilton, I mean, everybody – it's all, oh, hey, look at this shiny new toy we have over here. And, hey, look at this guy we've only given three games to or two games to. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know what he is. Now we need to move back over here. I wouldn't be surprised if they needed a player. I'm not saying – I'm just saying he's probably the guy that they would look at first yeah. if they had to bring on somebody off the roster or on the roster and they needed a spot. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it makes me think that something they saw at some point, whether it's camp before he got hurt or since he's been healthy and not playing, yeah. something they saw made them say, like, he ain't really the guy that well, we need right now yeah. because they still were out there and they were looking yeah. for other options. So to me, it just kind of says they weren't they weren't impressed enough and and this is just the result well, of that. What happened? We were all watching those OTA and minicamp practices. Yeah. He just him and Tolbert, they just weren't available. They just never that. were available. And you see, so you never got a feel for like, well, could he be that guy? Could he be the guy? And then all of a sudden, you don't see him all of OTAs and minicamps. We get out to Oxnard, the first practice, we're all settling in. He breaks his foot. And now we're all like, Well, what do you have in this guy? You know? And everybody was asking Stephen Jones and them mm-hmm. at the at the you know the at the at the party, media party, hey, you have to go get a guy, you have to go get a guy, and they're like, No, we're cool, no, we're cool. Well, what do they eventually have to do? They went and got a guy. Yeah. They went and they were talking about Odell Beckham and then they went and got this guy. All right, we're gonna take our final break. We'll come back, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball, talk a little bit about that. We'll do that and come back when we come back, DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. 
the Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Even after Christmas, you can give the gift of the Dallas Cowboys with a Cowboys United membership. Hmm. Give your super fan an annual fan club membership and a fan pack. For as little as $20, tis the season. Learn more at DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Starless Talk defense. Uh, Saturday, this defense gave up, or they allowed, I'm sorry, they they actually had four turnovers that they forced. Uh, but they had zero sacks. Should have had five turnovers. Barr dropped a ball he should have had. Yeah, oh, no doubt about that. They had five zero sacks, zero quarterback hits. Uh, and allowed 355 passing yards against Gardner Minshew. So give me your thoughts on this defense after watching that game. I'll tell you what. That ball, they would get into their twist stunts, and the ball was gone. That's how fast it was going in this game. And teams have figured that out. Don't let this team pass rush you. And it doesn't matter. You can move Parsons around and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there was some pressure. Minshew was having to move around. He made some incredible throws playing backwards. You know, he made some of the the, 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 th- the throws. That final drive, they kind of got to him. You started to see when the, when Lane Johnson came out of the game, you started to see, okay, now some problems are, are happening for this for this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's an excellent offensive line. The skill players are tremendous. You know, the way with Brown, Smith, the tight end. Any ball in their direction, they're going to catch. But as you watch, I'm trying to think, why Why is no pass rush? Why no pass rush? Their line is good, but the ball is getting out so quick. I, I swear, I was watching it there, and I'm like, I counted maybe four or five times where Cowboys were running a twist stunt, and the stunt didn't even have a chance to get completed. I mean, it was like in the infancy of it. Just mm-hmm. move, move, ball out. And you're like going, Okay. I'm getting what's going on here, especially, and you're, you're you're compromised on the back end. I think the combination of Wright, you know, and Bland, I think that's the one they need to stick with because they covered better when those two were playing in the in the game. But uh, yeah, it's tough when the ball's coming out that quick. It really, really is. And there were times. Now that you mentioned that, maybe that was it. What I was watching because there were times where I was looking at it and I I'm like, man, they look slow. The defense, the yeah. defensive line yeah. when they're rushing right. or like going. Even Micah Parsons, there were times where he was he just looked slow coming yeah. off, you know, with the snap. But uh, maybe that's the reason why because of the quarterback getting rid of the ball. So it, it fast. is. It's 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 not the it's not it's 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 my best reasoning right now. It's my best reasoning. If you get up and play press coverage and make guys have to win, you they're not teams are not the receivers are in routes and the ball is out. I mean, it is like whether it's an out, a slant, you know, curls. I mean, they're getting the ball out so fast. And that Gardner Minshew, and the times when he was, like I say, he was going backwards, he's throwing it sidearm, and he's you know, he's on back foot, and he's throwing it over the middle, and Smith makes a great catch. Or I'll tell you something about Micah. He wore Dallas Goddard out in the running game, though. 
Dallas Goddard didn't block him one time in the running game. There were several times where he was just, you know, slant, 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 coming in, working around him. But, you know, I mean, that's the pass rush, yeah, it's something you have to get. But if you can't hold up, it's hand in hand. If your guys in the back aren't holding up, then it's a problem because your rush can't get home to to affect the pass. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it does come down to these corners as well. When you're facing these receivers that are playmakers, I mean, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, they're playmakers who so get the ball to them quickly, mm-hmm. and, and that's where the advantage is. Not everybody obviously has the those two guys, yeah. but Jacksonville had some yeah. uh, enough to, to throw it uh, quickly, and I think it just comes down to the cornerbacks playing, you know, it's got to be the scheme, but the cornerbacks playing close to the line of scrimmage and making the tackle. Yeah. Because if you could do that, and then you you know even that is going to be a minimal two three yard gain, it's still going to put them in third and long some of the time. So mm-hmm. I think it still comes down to the cornerbacks and the cornerbacks making tackles on the outside. Well, the Cowboys aren't getting any penalties either. Too, they're not getting any like holding calls, and, and they got some calls early in the year. You got some holdings, and they set teams back. They're just mm-hmm. not getting those calls that they were earlier in the year. To say something about uh, Nation Wright, uh, he to me, is very impressive with the fact that he's a smart player. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell. He did some things the last two games. You just you can just see a guy that's a young player that knows the rules, understands. Mm-hmm. He knows if I hit him, if I just make contact before he goes out of bounds, mm-hmm. that clock's, that clock's going to keep going. He make, He's making the, the move. Yeah. Last week against Jacksonville, the guy yeah. makes a catch yeah. on, on the ground. He lets him get up mm-hmm. and then tackle him. Time. More seconds, yeah. more time. Yeah. Not saying about anybody else. I'm just saying he is a smart young football player. Yeah. He's got size. He's he might they're, be they're, too tall to play yeah. the position, but I, he he handles it pretty well. well I will say this, and I, I mentioned this to you in the game as well. It was a similar thing from the standpoint of him providing run support. He's a really good tackler out there on the outside. They're and better talking about that. Yeah. They're better with with Wilson and Bland and those guys playing in the second. And you got Curse. Heck, they put four they put four safeties out there on the field one time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to just trying to mix some things up and 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 try and help. But you got you got corners that that can make up if if seven is not always interested in tackling, the other dudes in that secondary are, and I think that helps you. Would you would you in the off season would you entertain the thought about Israel Mukwamu as a corner? You've been saying that since camp. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it because I think they gotta. They gotta think about their cornerback position because after next year, they may not have Brown. They yeah. may not have Lewis. So I think they gotta start thinking about like where is his best. And yeah. you got enough safeties. I mean, yeah. you got enough safeties. The, Maybe it is a thought. Well, you know, Donovan Wilson is a free agent, so that that's hey, not gonna. I'm be. thinking they're resigning him, right? Well, that's. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I well, mean, I, I think uh, you do bring back Joseph. That's just me. I tweeted this out earlier. I, I think he's your special teams guy now, but I think you give him one more run. I don't. I mean, people saying he's a bust and all that. I know, but to me, <laughs> to me, it's just that's where he drew the most penalties. Just on special teams. Just give it a go. Give it. I mean, like, yeah, and at this this point, I, I I will say this, Brian. You at give it point, a go, and he busts again in the preseason. Then you could just move on. Or maybe he's a better. Maybe he becomes your 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 your. Godwin or Goodwin, whatever, like yeah. Goodwin is the you know the special team CJ Goodwin guy. Maybe he becomes that guy. Is this about the fact that? Or oh, I'll put it to you like this: If he was not a second round pick, would you be thinking that? Or is this one of those things where you're like, hey, I just I just got to give it one more I, try because at some point somebody thought he could play. I don't think I, I, 
if we all trust Dan Quinn and Will McClay, they're the two guys that they didn't go down to San Antonio, UT San Antonio, and look at the Woolen kid who's doing it great things up there. He's the same. He's a long, tall corner that yeah. they would have probably absolutely loved. Woolen is an, uh, a Pro Bowl player at Seattle. They went to a workout in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm going to be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt in this way, that if you think that this guy could play – We'll give him a, we'll give him one more year and go from there. If it doesn't work, we'll move on. There's, there's a, Nick will remind you of every second round pick that never ever played here. You know, and he'll it, just be on the list yeah, if, if that's exactly. the case. Tony yeah. Dixon. How about that tackle we drafted that Parcells drafted from uh, USC? Jacob Rogers. Jacob Rogers. Never played. That every yeah. time you think about moving from left tackle to right tackle, I think about him because mm-hmm. it took him an entire year. Yeah, like he wasn't going to do it in a whole year. It took him, to, and it was just like like. He couldn't play. Can't do it. Parcells yeah. was told he he's everything you hate in an offensive lineman, and he still drafted him. <laughs> he never played. Never played. Mm. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to actually dive into Tennessee tomorrow. We'll do offense what? and defense tomorrow oh. uh, for Tennessee because it's going to be our last ready? show of the week You're before ready, we head out sure, to Tennessee why not? for Thursday night game. Till then, for Nick Eben, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!